The following shiur has been presented by Rabbi Yehoshua Sova, Rabbi of Kehillat Shari Ezra, Miami Beach, Florida. For more shiurim or information, please visit vshc.org or call 1-844-200-TSHC. That's 1-844-200-8742. Bezrat Hashem, this week's parasha, parashat Kitavo. We will discuss literally the first words at the beginning of the parasha, and that is, Vehaya ki tavo el ha'aretz, when you will come into the land. Then the Torah starts to enumerate the mitzvah bikurim, that we have a special mitzvah to be mevi bikoreh, that you bring the first of your fruits for coming into the land of Eretz Yisrael, showing obviously hakarat atov, tremendous gratitude for being able to make it to Hashem's treasured land. But we would like to focus on, literally on those play of the words, that it will be when you come into the land. There are many people who their entire life, they dream of fulfilling an ambition that Moshe Rabbeinu begged HaKadosh Baruch Hu for 515 tefillot. And that is the opportunity to be nichnas Eretz Yisrael, to come and reside in the Holy Land, Eretz HaKadosha. And everyone has that drive, like we say, at least three times a day, that we say, that we look towards you, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, with eyes that are wanting and desiring so much to come back to you, to your holy land. And we have to realize it's a special zechut if we're able to live there and able to get close to Borei Olam. And many people have that desire and have that drive to want to be living with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So, Unfortunately, the fact of the matter is, is that many people would like to live there, but for whatever reasons, they cannot make it. So they figure the best thing for them to do is at least they'll have a kinyana chalka, they'll have some piece of property, meaning when the person passes away, at least then they will be able to go there. So we have a few questions on that, of getting buried in Eretz Yisrael. First of all, is a person allowed to do that? Meaning... If there are family members that decide that most of the family lives outside Eretz Yisrael and the Niftar made it very clear they want to be buried there, do we listen to what the Niftar says? Or the opposite, the family wants the, the Met to be buried in Eretz Yisrael and the person said very clearly they do not want to be buried in Eretz Yisrael. Do you listen to them? Who do you listen to? Do you listen to the, the, the Met? Who do you listen to in a case like this? Furthermore, if there are some countries which do not exactly have a pro-Jewish attitude and we know that people's graves are going to get desecrated. Are we allowed to, on our own volition, take these holy tzaddikim, zidkaniot, and relocate them and take them to Eretz Yisrael? At least there will be some modicum of sanctity and preservation of who they were and their bodies that they could come to Eretz Yisrael. Are we allowed to do that? So, fascinatingly, there's a Gemara in Ketubot, that tells us a story that Rav Anan wanted to be kover in Eretz Yisrael, and he said a statement, whoever gets buried in Eretz Yisrael is ki'ilo kavur tachat ha-mizbeach. It's as if he's under the Mizbeach itself. And the Avot Rav Natan, he brings down, that the entire Eretz Yisrael is considered ra'uyel ha-mizbeach, like we find when the Jewish people came into Eretz Yisrael, they had heter bamot. Why is that? Because Eretz Yisrael is avirudarim machim, that the land of Eretz Yisrael makes a person wise and spiritually sensitive. So until there was a Beit HaBechira, until there was an actual Beit HaMikdash that was built, the people were allowed to have 
on terra firma of Eretz Israel to be able to be able make their own mizbeach. And why is that? Because says about the Rebbe because the entire Eretz Israel serves as a mizbeach because it's like their tachat kiseh kavod. And the Mahara Meir is quick to point out that just like a mizbeach is mechaper and takes away and cleanses from all the chataim, all the sins that a person may have. Because a person is nivra mi makom kaparato, like we say, Adam Arishon was created from the makom mizbeach of the Kodesh Hakadoshim, but it means this concept of being made from the earth of makom kaparato. And Rabbeinu Bachya says it's like being in the Palatin Shemelech, it's part of the palace of the king, that a person realizes that there's an inherent value in being buried in Eretz Israel because there's something that has a kapara. Rav Dessler, Zatzal, brings that, that when a person passes away, they have to know the place that they're buried actually does some form of hashpa'a, some form of absorption in the area that they're in on their body. However, that's talui in the madrega of each person. So it would behoove a person who holds themselves to high standard that they believe that they want to, even they want to be in a high standing in place, the place to be would be Eretz Yisrael, even though they quote-unquote don't feel it, but their guf to some extent does. So the question is, we find the most famous of the examples of people who lived outside Eretz Yisrael and then got transferred is Aravot HaKtoshim. Avram and Yitzchak, they desired to be very mad at Yaakov, however, lived out his last days in Mitzrayim. He made Yosef make a promise to him that when he passes away, I want to lie with my forefathers. Parenthetically, Rabbi Vigdomil used to always say that this pasuk shows us because how can you sleep with your forefathers? What does that mean? The answer is that I'm sleeping with my forefathers because there's going to be a time I'm going to get up. That's a slight remez, a slight hint to the fact that you see there's Tchiatamitim. Be that as it may, what you see from here is that Yaakov, he died in, uh, in Chosaretz. I want to be buried in Eretz Yosef HaTzadik as well. He asked people to make a promise that they would take him out. And some people want to say is that the kleta, this somewhat, this absorption that they have, a person can be able to be better served getting this kleta specifically when they're alive versus when they're dead. It seems like it's very capped and limited to what type of hashba'a a person can gain from being just buried in it. So living there is also is much better. And we had the the fact that you're going to tell me the entire Eretz Yisrael is considered like a mizbeach. He says that's not so true because the fact of the matter is hakaravat korbanot in the times of the midbar was not considered shchotei chutz because we have this concept that wherever all a klal Yisrael is, that's like Eretz Yisrael. It's very famous that uh, during the 1970s, 1980s, that there were certain edicts that were being floated around that there was going to be a few gzerot against the bnei yeshiva. And a number of people came to Rav Shach and they said to him, what's going to be if they are going to have Gezerot against us? What should we do? He said, we'll have to leave. He said, but Torah Eretz Yisrael. He said, Torah Eretz Yisrael is nice when people appreciate that. If they don't appreciate it, we'll have to pick up and go on Galut. We've done it before and we'll have to do it again. And that's just what we do. So the same thing also over here. If a person is able to have Avira Eretz Yisrael, which means the Jewish people as a whole, we look as one unit that would be something that would be considered chashuv in the eyes of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. The Redvaz in Chelek Aleph, Siman Tav Dal, brings 
a minhag that they specifically would stick in limestone inside the 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 box or where the kevet would be of the person's getting buried. So that way, the basar would be mitakel, it would start to rot. Like the Midrash tells us that the neshama is not able to go in, into its proper mechitzatat, its proper place that it needs to be, until there's actual rotting of the basar. And the Rishvah says a very cute idea, how do we see that in the Torah? He says, when the Meraglim saw the multitude of deaths that was taking place during the times that they were walking and surveying the land, and they didn't realize it was a chesed from HaKadosh Baruch Hu to get them distracted about that they were surveying the land, and they said a statement that Eretz Ochelet Yoshvehi. It's a land that eats up its inhabitants. So you want to say Eretz Ochelet Yoshvehi is also referring to the Eretz of Eretz Yisrael eats up the Yoshvehi, eats the people who reside in it, literally people who are buried in it. Why? In order that the Shana and the Shama should go up and the person should be able to go to Yeshiva El Yonah if they are if they are somebody that obviously deserve to go there. In Shochan Aruch, Maran, in Shin Laman Gimel, writes, we do not change one kever to another, even if it's from a disgraceful location to a location that obviously is according to the honor and respect that will be due to such a personality. Unless, he says, that we find that this person specifically wanted to be buried near the Avotav, or to be buried in Eretz Yisrael, that would be also allowed. The Shach and the Vilnagon, they write that the Karka of Eretz Yisrael is Mechaperet, because it says in the Pasuk, V'chiper Admato Amo, and HaKadosh Baruch through the Adama, you'll provide Kapara. Even though we don't dig up a person that's buried, because we consider that a Bizayon mate, or because it's considered a Tzad and Bizayon for the people around it, like you're moving away from, quote-unquote, that neighborhood. Why, why are they moving away? It must be there's something wrong with the people that he, this person is buried near. So all these are reasons why people will normally not do that. However, there is a Chuvat Maharabach that says that if the person's daito is tzilula, they are very clear, very lucid till the end, and they say exactly what it is, what they want, we have to listen to them, whether it's to go or to stay. We need to listen to them because that's the person's last wishes, and we need to adhere to that by respecting that. The Yerushalmi in Klayim, Perektet Halacha Gimel, writes a, a story that Rav Kiria and Rav Lazar, they were one time walking in the Rechov, in the street, and they saw there were a number of caskets lined up that came from Chutz Aretz. Rav Kiria remarked when he saw this, saying, Ma'ha'ilu, what's it going to help for these people? Elu shemivim l'kvura, these people that are coming from Kvura. Ani korea le'ama, I'm going to read on them the Pasuk in Yirmiyah, Bed Zayin, V'nachlati, and my nachala that you destroyed, you left it as the toeva in your life. And you, and you now come and you're being metamem my land with your uh, dead people. Once they came to the Ad people now have this minhag that they take a clump of earth and they put it on top of the casket. Like it says in the Pasuk, V'chiber an amo. And the Arzorua writes that maybe this kapara is specifically if they're buried in Eretz Yisrael, but not putting afar and sprinkling it on the top of the the casket that would not work, or wherever, wherever the person is being buried in, that would not work. That's not chaper. It has to be specifically 
completely enveloped and wrapped around by the land of Eretz Yisrael. Now, why is there no ta'ana of that of Yaakov and Yosef? So you could say three answers. First of all, you could say that in this case, maybe they had no efsharut. It was not possible. Paro was not letting them. Like it says that Mitzrayim was very makbid. They were very particular that no one, not just Jews, no one could leave their facility. It was a chedush that, that uh, Yosef was even to get, able to get out because he was chained with iron and and uh, his father Yaakov was able to get out because he told Yosef said I made a promise to my father, and but the point is that till then they had no afsharut, they had no possibility of leaving out of Israel. Or we say that no, the only time you're right, you, you don't really are allowed to do this. I Yaakov Yosef, how are they allowed to do that? It's called the Mishnech Bisha. It's before Eretz Yisrael became Eretz Hakodesh, and therefore it was a lot less restrictions in terms of what needs to be done. Or, really, Yaakov, the Vavay Amudim says, the Yaakov Avinu, it says, Lo Met, it means he was barely hanging on. Till he came to Eretz Yisrael, then he actually passed on. But till then, it looked like he was a seriously ill person. And when he came, when, uh, when we say that, over here in this case, that if a person wants to, like Yaakov, he literally waited until v'shachavtiyam avotai, I literally laid with my forefathers, meaning it sounds like I laid, not I died, she said, umitatiyam avotai, that my death should be with my avotai. No, v'shachavti, I literally, it's like I went to sleep with them, and then I hopefully am going to be getting up very soon. The Yechaved Da'al, Rabbi was asked, moving the bodies of great tzadikim and tzidkaniyot that were buried in Chutz Aretz, is that allowed or not? He brings that Yoshami and Kayim that we said that uh, Rabbi Kiria said, we don't need these people, they're just being mevazet, edits Israel, we don't want to have them, and Rabbi Kiria says, what are we going to do? The fact of the matter is that they're here. And then he brought uh, this idea that it's a tremendous zechut for a person to be able to be buried in edits Israel. Although people say that if they're not buried there, you just leave them and not do anything. Other people argue and say, if you're going to bring them back to Israel, 100% of person should do that and not even think twice about it. There was a question that was asked of Reb Levi ben Habib, and they wanted to know, that was niftar in and he did not say what to do with his body. So do we say, we listen to the family, it says, and he says, even the person who is not to, to be, not to be in Eretz Yisrael, only in Chutz However, we could listen to the children and bear in Eretz Yisrael, and there's even a mitzvah for that, and that's according to many other poskim, Arkan. And they say a story also that Rabbi Yaakov Be'erav, in his tshuva, he brings down, that even though the Zohar writes that if a person is met by Chutz Aretz, we say, we bring them kfura from Eretz Yisrael, like it says in the Pasuk, Vatavoy, Vatatami, Atartzi, and you came and you made my land, and my inheritance, you place it for a toiva. However, we say since we say that this is clearly in the Talmud that most chachamim and tzaddikim, of course, desire to come up to Israel, even to just have their body there. And if a person didn't do that, so it's anan tzaddi, which is we could say testimony that this is what the person really wanted. And he brings from Rabbi Yitzchak Shulel that when he himself was in Mitzrayim. He had debates back and forth on what Reb Natan and uh, and what w- w- what what he what he what his opinion was not to go to Israel or to go to Israel, and they came out. The bottom line is that a person should go to Israel, and they said they even had a story like that where somebody it sounds like they were belligerent, and they were able to convince the person, no, you could go, 
and they were able to get the person. And he brings from the Ridvaz, like we just said before, and the Marashtam, and the Marasha. And fascinatingly, Rebavadia brings down a story, a historical story, that many years ago, when the Almor from Karlin passed away in America, they had a dilemma of what they should do. The Hasidim inside America said, leave him with us, we want to be able to pray with him whenever we can. However, it seemed like from the family, they wanted the Admor to be buried in Eretz Israel. So what do they do? So, besides for uh, the logistics and that, how do you arrange something like that? It's obviously a big question. Are you allowed to move? Is that considered a kavod, to move somebody where they are beloved and they have their whole flock there, to Eretz Israel or not? And the Reb Tzvi Pesach Frank, the Rabbi Yerushalayim, in the Sefer HaTzvi, in Yeredea, Simen Resh Ayin Dalet, he brought down that not only is it advisable to take the, the bodies out, it's a mitzvah to take them out. Like the Talmud and Poskim say, and the people that are arguing on this, they should be a chushul in nafsham, they should be very careful of their lives, that they're not causing a tzar to the oto tzaddik, to the tzaddik, that they're trying to get out. They're like, ah, what's the big deal? No, the tzaddik is saying, it is a big deal for me. I don't want to be here. And he says, for sure, in our case over here, where we know there's going to be wanton destruction, where the Jewish people have no real say in what goes on in local governments, and it would be prudent for them to be able to transform and take the bodies from where they are to where they need to be. So there's a whole discussion of how they did that. And what you see from here is that there is a very big discussion of what exactly is the proper thing to do. Do we say sprinkling with blood is not? But everyone agrees if a person gets better at Israel, that's of course the best optimal thing if they're able to. So you see, it will be, when you will come into my land, this is not just referring to in life, but also even in death as well, that a person has to know is that they're, they're blessed to have the opportunity to be even completely surrounded with HaKadosh Baruch Hu's warm embrace. And that's obviously something that we have to take into consideration. Obviously, it shouldn't make a fight. It shouldn't cause any disharmony with anyone. But the fact of the matter is, is that you see from this, these Chuvot and the Sefer, Eretz Israel, as well as Yichavedat, that if a person is able to have a possibility to move a body to Eretz Israel, of course they should. It's not even a question. It would be a good thing for them to do. And I, the stories that we see that they said that it was not Nogea was not something that they felt was relevant. They they uh, they would do that or not. But the point is, is that when it comes to burying an, an Eretz Israel, that obviously is a very good thing if a person is able to, provided it doesn't cause any hardship or constraints on any family members as well. This audio series has been brought to you by the Sephardic Halakha Center. The center is committed to advancing research and application of Halakha in the Sephardic community nationwide. For a halachic consultation, monetary bedin services, to order this series or to sign up to receive the Sephardic Halakha Journal, or for all other information, please call 1-844-200-TSHC or email info at theshc.org to subscribe.